0: Book 18 of the Iliad by Homer, translated by Alexander Pope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book eighteen. Argument. The grief of Achilles and new armour made him by Vulcan. The news of the death of Patroclus is brought to Achilles by Antilochus. Thetis, hearing his lamentations, comes with all her sea nymphs to comfort him. The speeches of the mother and son on this occasion iris appears to achilles by the command of juno and orders him to show himself at the head of the entrenchments the sight of him turns the fortunes of the day and the body of patroclus is carried off by the greeks the trojans call a council where hector and polydamas disagree in their opinions but the advice of the former prevails to remain encamped in the field the grief of achilles over the body of patroclus thetis goes to the palace of vulcan to obtain new arms for her son the description of the wonderful works of vulcan and lastly that noble one of the shield of achilles the latter part of the nine-and-twentieth day and the night ensuing take up this book the scene is at achilles tent on the seashore, from whence it changes to the palace of vulcan thus like the rage of fire the combat burns and now it rises now it sinks by turns Meanwhile where Hellespont's broad waters flow stood Nestor's son the messenger of woe There sat Achilles shaded by his sails On hoisted yards extended to the gales pensive he sat for all that fate designed rose in sad prospect to his boding mind Thus to his soul he said, Ah, what constrains the Greeks late victors now to quit the plains Is this the day which heaven so long ordained to sink me with the weight of woe? So, Thetis warned when by a Trojan hand the bravest of the Myrmidonian band should lose the light, fulfilled is that decree fallen is the warrior, and Patroclus he in vain, I charged him soon to quit the plain and warned to shun Hectorian force in vain, thus, while he thinks, Antilochus appears and tells the melancholy tale with tears, sad tidings, son of Peleus, thou must hear and wretched I, the unwilling messenger dead is patroclus for his course they fight his naked course his arms are hector's right a sudden horror shot through all the chief and wrapt his senses in the cloud of grief cast on the ground with furious hands he spread the scorching ashes o'er his graceful head his purple garments and his golden hairs those he deforms with dust and these he tears on the hard soil his groaning breast he threw and rolled and grovelled as to earth he grew the virgin captives with disordered charms won by his own or by patroclus arms rushed from their tents with cries and gathering round beat their white breasts and fainted on the ground while nestor's son sustains a manlier part and mourns the warrior with a warrior's heart hangs on his arms amidst his frantic woe and oft prevents the meditated blow far in the deep abysses of the main with hoary nereus and the watery train the mother goddess from her crystal throne heard his loud cries and answered groan for groan the circling nereids with their mistress weep and all the sea-green sisters of the deep thalia Glausi, every watery name nessaea mild and silver spio came simothoe and simodosi were nigh and the blue languish of soft eye there locks actaea and limnori rear then proto doris Panope appear thoa Pherusa, doto melita agavi gentle and amphithoe gay next callianira Callionassa show their sister looks dexamene the slow and swift dynamene now cut the tides iaera now the verdant wave divides numertes with apsudes lifts the head bright galatia quits her pearly bed these Orithia, Clymene attend, Meira, amphinome the train extend, and Black Janira, and Janassa fair, and Amathaea with her amber hair, all these, and all that deep in ocean held their sacred seats, the glimmering grotto filled. Each beat her ivory breast with silent woe. Till Thetis' sorrows thus began to flow. Hear me and judge, ye sisters of the main, how just a cause has Thetis to complain. How wretched were I, mortal. Were my fate, how more than wretched in the immortal state! Sprung from my bed, a godlike hero came, the bravest far that ever bore the name. Like some fair olive, by my careful hand he grew, he flourished and adorned the land. To Troy I sent him, but the fates ordain he never, never must return again. So short a space the light of heaven to view, so short, alas, and filled with anguish too hear how his sorrows echo through the shore i cannot ease them but i must deplore i go at least to bear a tender part and mourn my loved one with a mother's heart she said and left the caverns of the main all bathed in tears the melancholy train attend her way wide opening part the tides while the long pomp the silver wave divides approaching now they touched the trojan land Then two by two ascended up the strand, the immortal mother standing close beside her mournful offspring. To his sighs replied, along the coast their mingled clamors ran, and thus the silver-footed dame began. Why mourns my son, thy late preferred request the god has granted, and the Greeks distressed. Why mourns my son, thy anguish let me share, reveal the cause and trust a parent's care. He deeply groaning to this cureless grief not even the thunderer's favour brings relief patroclus ah say goddess can i boast a pleasure now revenge itself is lost patroclus loved of all my martial train beyond mankind beyond myself is slain lost are those arms the gods themselves bestowed on peleus hector bears the glorious load cursed be that day when all the powers above thy charms submitted to a mortal love Oh, hadst thou still a sister of the main pursued the pleasures of the watery rain and happier peleus less ambitious led a mortal beauty to his equal bed ere the sad fruit of thy unhappy womb had caused such sorrows past and woes to come for soon alas that wretched offspring slain new woes new sorrows shall create again Tis not in fate the alternate now to give, Patroclus dead, Achilles hates to live. Let me revenge it on proud Hector's heart, Let his last spirit smoke upon my dart, On these conditions will I breathe, Till then I blush to walk among the race of men. A flood of tears at this the goddess shed. Ah, then, I see thee dying, see thee dead, When Hector falls thou diest let hector die and let me fall achilles made reply far lies patroclus from his native plain he fell and falling wished my aid in vain ah then since from this miserable day i cast all hope of my return away since unrevenged a hundred ghosts demand the fate of hector from achilles hand since here for brutal courage far renowned i live an idle burden to the ground others in council famed for nobler skill more useful to preserve than I to kill, let me, but, O ye gracious powers above, wrath and revenge from men and gods remove, far, far too dear to every mortal breast, sweet to the soul as honey to the taste, gathering like vapours of a noxious kind from fiery blood and darkening all the mind, me, Agamemnon, urged to deadly hate, tis past, I quell it, I resign to fate. Yes i will meet the murderer of my friend or if the gods ordain it meet my end the stroke of fate the strongest cannot shun the great alcides jove's unequalled son to juno's hate at length resigned his breath and sunk the victim of all conquering death so shall achilles fall stretched pale and dead no more the grecian hope or trojan dread let me this instant rush into the fields and reap what glory life's short harvest yields shall i not force some widowed dame to tear with frantic hands her long disheveled hair shall i not force her breast to heave with sighs and the soft tears to trickle from her eyes yes i shall give the fair those mournful charms in vain you hold me hence my arms my arms soon shall the sanguine torrent spread so wide that all shall know achilles swells the tide my son cerulean thetis made reply to fate submitting with a secret sigh the host to succour and thy friends to save is worthy thee the duty of the brave but canst thou naked issue to the plains thy radiant arms the trojan foe detains insulting hector bears the spoils on high but vainly glories for his fate is nigh yet yet awhile thy generous ardour stay assured i meet thee at the dawn of day charged with refulgent arms a glorious load vulcanian arms the labour of a god then turning to the daughters of the main, the goddess thus dismissed her azure train ye sister Nereids, to your deeps descend haste and our father's sacred seat attend i go to find the architect divine where vast olympus starry summits shine so tell our hoary sire this charge she gave the sea-green sisters plunge beneath the wave Thetis once more ascends the blest abodes and treads the brazen threshold of the gods and now the greeks from furious hector's force urge to broad hellespont their headlong course nor yet their chief's patroclus body bore safe through the tempest to the tinted shore the horse the foot with equal fury join'd on the rear and thundered close behind and like a flame through fields of ripened corn the rage of hector o'er the ranks was born thrice the slain hero by the foot he drew thrice to the skies the trojan clamors flew as oft the agencies his assault sustain but checked he turns repulsed attacks again with fiercer shouts his lingering troops he fires nor yields a step nor from his post retires so watchful shepherds strive to force in vain the hungry lion from a carcass slain even yet patroclus had he borne away and all the glories of the extended day had not high juno from the realms of air secret dispatched her trusty messenger the various goddess of the showery bow shot in a whirlwind to the shore below to great achilles at his ships she came and thus began the many-coloured dame rise son of peleus rise divinely brave assist the combat, and Patroclus save. For him the slaughter to the fleet they spread, and fall by mutual wounds around the dead. To drag him back to Troy the foe contends, nor with his death the rage of Hector ends. A prey to dogs he dooms the course to lie, and marks the place to fix his head on high. Rise, and prevent, if yet you think of fame, thy friend's disgrace, thy own eternal shame. Who sends thee, goddess, from the ethereal skies? Achilles thus, and Iris thus replies: I come, Pelides, from the Queen of Jove, the immortal empress of the realms above, unknown to him who sits remote on high, unknown to all the synod of the sky. Thou comest in vain, he cries, with fury warmed. Arms I have none, and can I fight unarmed? unwilling as i am of force i stay till thetis bring me at the dawn of day vulcanian arms what other can i wield except the mighty telamonian shield that in my friend's defence has ajax spread while his strong lance around him heaps the dead the gallant chief defends Menetus's son and does what his achilles should have done thy want of arms said iris well we know but though unarmed, yet clad in terrors go let but Achilles o'er yon trench appear proud Troy shall tremble and consent to fear Greece from one glance of that tremendous eye shall take new courage and disdain to fly. She spoke and passed in air. The hero rose, her aegis Pallas o'er his shoulder throws around his brows, a golden cloud she spread a stream of glory flamed above his head, as when from some beleaguered town arise the smokes high curling to the shaded skies seen from some island or the main afar when men distressed hang out the sign of war soon as the sun in ocean hides his rays thick on the hills the flaming beacons blaze with long projected beams the seas are bright and heaven's high arch reflects the ruddy light so from achilles head the splendours rise reflecting blaze on blaze against the skies forth marched the chief and distant from the crowd high on the rampart raised his voice aloud with her own shout minerva swells the sound troy starts astonished and the shores rebound as the loud trumpet's brazen mouth from far with shrilling clangour sounds the alarm of war struck from the walls the echoes float on high and the round bulwarks and thick towers reply so high his brazen voice the hero reared hosts dropped their arms and trembled as they heard and back the chariots roll and coursers bound and steeds and men lie mingled on the ground aghast they see the living lightnings play and turn their eyeballs from the flashing ray thrice from the trench his dreadful voice he raised and thrice they fled confounded and amazed twelve in the tumult wedged untimely rushed on their own spears by their own chariots crushed while shielded from the darts the greeks obtain the long contented carcass of the slain a lofty bier the breathless warrior bears around his sad companions melt in tears but chief achilles bending down his head pours unavailing sorrows o'er the dead whom late triumphant with his steeds and car he sent refulgent to the field of war unhappy change now senseless pale he found stretched forth and gashed with many a gaping wound meantime unwearied with his heavenly way in ocean's waves the unwilling light of day quenched his red orb at Juno's high command, And from their labours eased the Achaean band. The frighted Trojans, panting from the war, their steeds unharnessed from the weary car, a sudden council called, Each chief appeared in haste, and standing, for to sit they feared. T'was now no season for prolonged debate. They saw Achilles, and in him their fate. Silent they stood, polydamus at last skill'd to discern the future by the past the son of panthus thus expressed his fears the friend of hector and of equal years the self-same knight to both a being gave one wise in counsel one in action brave in free debate my friends your sentence speak for me i move before the morning break to raise our camp too dangerous here our post far from troy walls and on a naked coast I deemed not Greeceful so dreadful, while engaged in mutual feuds, her king and hero raged. Then, while we hoped our armies might prevail, we boldly camped beside a thousand sail. I dread Pelides now; his rage of mind not long continues to the shores confined, nor to the fields where long in equal fray contending nations won and lost the day. For Troy, for Troy, shall henceforth be the strife and the hard contest not for fame but life haste then to ilion while the favouring knight detains these terrors keeps that arm from fight if but the morrow's sun behold us here that arm those terrors we shall feel not fear and hearts that now disdain shall leap with joy if heaven permit them then to enter troy let not my fatal prophecy be true nor what i tremble but to think ensue whatever be our fate yet let us try what force of thought and reason can supply. Let us on counsel for our guard depend, the town her gates and bulwarks shall defend. When morning dawns, our well-appointed powers, arrayed in arms, shall line the lofty towers. Let the fierce hero, then, when fury calls, vent his mad vengeance on our rocky walls, or fetch a thousand circles round the plain, till his spent coursers seek the fleet again. So may his rage be tired and laboured down, and dogs shall tear him ere he sack the town return said hector fired with stern disdain what coop whole armies in our walls again was not enough ye valiant warriors say nine years imprisoned in those towers ye lay wide o'er the world was ilion famed of old for brass exhaustless and for mines of gold but while inglorious in her walls we stayed sunk were her treasures and her stores decayed the phrygians now her scattered spoils enjoy and proud Maeonia wastes the fruits of troy great jove at length my arms to conquest calls and shuts the grecians in their wooden walls Darest thou dispirit whom the gods incite flies any trojan i shall stop his flight to better counsel them attention lend take due refreshment and the watch attend if there be one whose riches cost him care forth let him bring them for the troops to share tis better generously bestowed on those than left the plunder of our country's foes soon as the morn the purple orient warms fierce on yon navy will we pour our arms if great achilles rise in all his might his be the danger i shall stand the fight honour ye gods or let me gain or give and live he glorious whoso 'er shall live mars is our common lord alike to all and oft the victor triumphs but to fall the shouting host in loud applauses join'd so pallas robbed the many of their mind to their own sense condemned, and left to choose the worst advice the better to refuse while the long night extends her sable rein around patroclus mourn'd the grecian train stern in superior grief polites stood those slaughtering arms so used to bathe in blood now clasp his clay-cold limbs then gushing start the tears and sighs burst from his swelling heart the lion thus with dreadful anguish stung roars through the desert and demands his young when the grim savage to his rifled den too late returning snuffs the track of men and o'er the vales and o'er the forest bounds his clamorous grief the bellowing wood resounds so grieves achilles and impetuous vents to all his myrmidons his loud laments in what vain promise gods did i engage when to console menetia's feeble age i vow'd his much-loved offspring to restore charged with rich spoils to fair opuntia's shore but mighty jove cuts short with just disdain the long long views of poor designing man one fate the warrior and the friend shall strike and troy's black sands must drink our blood alike me too a wretched mother shall deplore an aged father never see me more yet my patroclus yet a space i stay then swift pursue thee on the darksome way ere thy dear relics in the grave are laid shall hector's head be offered to thy shade that with his arms shall hang before thy shrine and twelve the noblest of the trojan line sacred to vengeance by this hand expire their lives effused around thy flaming pyre thus let me lie till then Thus closely pressed, bathe thy cold face and sob upon thy breast, while Trojan captives hear thy mourners stay, weep all the night and murmur all the day. Spoils of my arms and thine, when wasting wide our swords kept time and conquered side by side. He spoke and bade the sad attendants round cleanse the pale course and wash each honored wound. A massy cauldron of stupendous frame they brought and placed it o'er the rising flame then heaped the lighted wood the flame divides beneath the vase and climbs around the sides in its wide womb they pour the rushing stream the boiling water bubbles to the brim the body then they bathe with pious toil embalm the wounds anoint the limbs with oil high on a bed of state extended laid and decent covered with a linen shade last o'er the dead the milk-white veil they threw that done their sorrows and their sighs renew meanwhile to juno in the realms above his wife and sister spoke almighty jove at last thy will prevails great peleus son rises in arms such grace thy greeks have won say for i know not is their race divine and thou the mother of that martial line what words are these the imperial dame replies while anger flashed from her majestic eyes succour like this a mortal arm might lend and such success mere human wit attend and shall not i the second power above heaven's queen and consort of the thundering jove say shall not i one nation's fate command not wreak my vengeance on one guilty land so they meanwhile the silver-footed dame reached the vulcanian dome eternal frame High, eminent amid the works divine, where heaven's far-beaming brazen mansions shine, there the lame architect the goddess found obscure in smoke, his forges flaming round while bathed in sweat from fire to fire, he flew, and puffing loud, the roaring billows blew that day. no common task his labour claim, full twenty tripods for his hall he framed that placed on living wheels of massy gold, wondrous to tell. Instinct with spirit rolled from place to place around the blest abodes, self moved, obedient to the beck of gods, for their fair handles now ore wrought with flowers in moulds prepared the glowing ore he pours, just as responsive to his thought the frame stood prompt to move. The azure goddess came, cheris his spouse, a grace divinely fair with purple fillets round her braided hair, observed her entering her soft hand she pressed, and smiling thus the watery queen address what goddess this unusual favour draws all hail and welcome whatsoe'er the cause till now a stranger in a happy hour approach and taste the dainties of the bower high on a throne with stars of silver graced and various artifice the queen she placed a footstool at her feet then calling said vulcan draw near "'Tis Thetis asks your aid." "'Thetis,' replied the god, "'our powers may claim, "'an ever-dear, an ever-honoured name. "'When my proud mother hurled me from the sky, "'my awkward form, it seems, displeased her eye, "'she, and your enemy, my griefs redress'd, "'and soft received me on their silver breast. "'Even then these arts employ my infant thought, "'chains, bracelets, pendants, all their toys I wrought, nine years kept secret in the dark abode secure i lay concealed from man and god deep in a caverned rock my days were led the rushing ocean murmured o'er my head now since her presence glads our mansion say for such desert what service can i pay vouchsafe o thetis at our board to share the genial rites and hospitable fare while i the labours of the forge forego and bid the roaring bellows cease to blow then from his anvil the lame artist rose wide with distorted legs oblique he goes and stills the bellows and in order laid locks in their chests his instruments of trade then with a sponge the sooty workman dress his brawny arms embrown'd and hairy breast with his huge sceptre graced and red attire came halting forth the sovereign of the fire the monarch's steps two female forms uphold that moved and breathed in animated gold. To whom was voice and sense and science given of works divine, such wonders are in heaven. On these supported, with unequal gait, he reached the throne where pensive Thetis sate. There, placed beside her on the shining frame, he thus addressed the silver-footed dame. Thee welcome, goddess. What occasion calls, so long a stranger, to these honoured walls? Tis thine, fair Thetis, the command to lay, and Vulcan's joy and duty to obey to whom the mournful mother thus replies the crystal drops stood trembling in her eyes o vulcan say was ever breast divine so pierced with sorrows so overwhelmed as mine of all the goddesses did jove prepare for thetis only such a weight of care i only i of all the watery race by force subjected to a man's embrace who sinking now with age and sorrow pays the mighty fine imposed on length of days Sprung from my bed, a godlike hero came, the bravest sure that ever bore the name, like some fair plant beneath my careful hand, he grew, he flourished and he graced the land to Troy. I sent him, but his native shore never ah, never shall receive him more, even while he lives, he wastes with secret woe, nor I, a goddess, can retard the blow, robbed of the prize the Grecian suffrage gave the king of nations forced his royal slave. For this he grieved and till the greeks oppress'd required his arm he sorrowed would large gifts they promise and their elders send in vain he arms not but permits his friend his arms his steeds his forces to employ he marches combats almost conquers troy then slain by phoebus hector had the name at once resigns his armour life and fame but thou in pity by my prayer be won grace with immortal arms this short-lived son and to the field in martial pomp restore to shine with glory till he shines no more to her the artist god thy griefs resign secure what vulcan can is ever thine oh could i hide him from the fates as well or with these hands the cruel stroke repel as i shall forge most envied arms the gaze of wondering ages and the world's amaze thus having said the father of the fires to the black labours of his forge retires soon as he bade them blow the bellows turned their iron mouths and where the furnace burned resounding breathed at once the blast expires and twenty forges catch at once the fires just as the god directs now loud now low they raise a tempest or they gently blow in hissing flames huge silver bars are rolled and stubborn brass and tin and solid gold before deep fix'd the eternal anvil stand the ponderous hammer loads his better hand, his left with tongs turns the vex'd metal round, and thick, strong strokes the doubling vaults rebound, then first he form'd the immense and solid shield, rich, various artifice emblazed the field, its utmost verge, a threefold circle bound, a silver chain suspends the massy round five ample plates the broad expanse compose and godlike labours on the surface rose there shone the image of the master mind their earth their heaven their ocean he design'd the unwearied sun the moon completely round the starry lights that heaven's high convex crown'd the pleiades hyads with the northern team and great orion's more refulgent beam to which around the axle of the sky the bear revolving points his golden eye still shines exalted on the ethereal plain nor bathes his blazing forehead in the main two cities radiant on the shield appear the image one of peace and one of war here sacred pomp and genial feast delight and solemn dance and hymeneal rite along the street the new-made brides are led with torches flaming to the nuptial bed the youthful dancers in a circle bound to the soft flute and sithern silver sound through the fair streets the matrons in a row stand in their porches and enjoy the show there in the forum swarm a numerous train the subject of debate a townsman slain one pleads the fine discharged which one denied and bade the public and the laws decide the witnesses is produced on either hand for this or that the partial people stand the appointed heralds still the noisy bands and form a ring with sceptres in their hands on seats of stone within the sacred place the reverend elders nodded o'er the case alternate each the attesting sceptre took and rising solemn each his sentence spoke two golden talents lay amidst in sight the prize of him who best adjudged the right another part a prospect differing far glowed with refulgent arms and horrid war two mighty hosts a leaguered town embrace and one would pillage one would burn the place meantime the townsmen armed with silent care a secret ambush on the foe prepare. their wives their children and the watchful band of trembling parents on the turrets stand they march by pallas and by mars made bold gold were the gods their radiant garments gold and gold their armour these the squadron led august divine superior by the head a place for ambush fit they found and stood covered with shields beside a silver flood two spies at distance lurk and watchful seem if sheep or oxen seek the winding stream soon the white flocks proceeded o'er the plains and steers slow moving and two shepherds swains behind them piping on their reeds they go nor fear an ambush nor suspect a foe in arms the glittering squadron rising round rush sudden hills of slaughter heap the ground whole flocks and herds lie bleeding on the plains and all amidst them dead the shepherd swains the bellowing oxen the besiegers hear they rise take horse approach and meet the war they fight they fall beside the silver flood the waving silver seemed to blush with blood their tumult their contention stood confessed. One reared a dagger at a captive's breast, one held a living foe that freshly bled with new-made wounds, another dragged a dead now here, now, there, the carcasses they tore, fate stalked amidst them, grim with human gore, and the whole war came out and met the eye, and Each bold figure seemed to live or die. A field deep furrowed next the god designed the third time laboured by the sweating hind. The shining shears full many ploughmen guide, And turn their crooked yokes on every side. Still as at either end they wheel around, The master meets them with his goblet crown'd, The hearty draught rewards, renews their toil, Then back the turning ploughshares cleave the soil. Behind the rising earth in ridges rolled, And sable looked, though formed of molten gold. Another field rose high with waving grain, with bended sickles stand the reaper train. Here, stretched in ranks, the levelled swarths are found sheaves heaped on sheaves here thicken up the ground with sweeping stroke. The mowers strow the lands, the gatherers follow and collect in bands, and last, the children, in whose arms are borne too short to gripe them, the brown sheaves of corn, the rustic monarch of the field descries with silent glee the heaps around him rise, a ready banquet on the turf is laid beneath an ample oak's expanded shade. The victim ox the sturdy youth prepare, The reapers do repast the woman's care. Next, ripe in yellow-gold, a vineyard shines, bent with the ponderous harvest of its vines. A deeper dye the dangling clusters show, And curled on silver props in order glow. A darker metal mixed entrenched the place, And pales of glittering tin the enclosure grace to this one pathway gently winding leads where march a train with baskets on their heads fair maids and blooming youths that smiling bear the purple product of the autumnal year to these a youth awakes the warbling strings whose tender lay the fate of linus sings in measured dance behind him move the train tune soft the voice and answer to the strain here herds of oxen march erect and bold rear high their horns and seem to low in gold and speed to meadows on whose sounding shores a rapid torrent through the rushes roars four golden herdsmen as their guardians stand and nine sour dogs complete the rustic band two lions rushing from the wood appeared and seized a bull the master of the herd he roared in vain the dogs the men withstood they tore his flesh and drank his sable blood the dogs oft cheered in vain desert the prey dread the grim terrors and at distance bay next this the eye the art of vulcan leads deep through fair forests and a length of meads and stalls and folds and scattered cots between and fleecy flocks that whiten all the scene a figured dance succeeds such once was seen in lofty gnosis for the Cretan queen, formed by Dedalian art, a comely band of youths and maidens bounding hand in hand, The maids in soft cymers of linen dressed, the youths all graceful in the glossy vest, of those the locks with flowery wreath enrolled, of these the sides adorned with swords of gold, that glittering gay from silver belts depend, now all at once they rise, at once descend, with well taught feet, now shape in oblique ways confusedly regular the moving maze now forth at once too swift for sight they spring and undistinguished blend the flying ring so whirls a wheel in giddy circle tossed and rapid as it runs the single spokes are lost the gazing multitudes admire around two active tumblers in the center bound now high now low their pliant limbs they bend and general songs the sprightly revel end Thus the broad shield complete the artist crown'd with his last hand and poured the ocean round in living silver seem'd the waves to roll and beat the buckler's verge and bound the whole this done whate'er a warrior's use requires he forged the cuirass that outshone the fires the greaves of ductile tin the helm impress'd with various sculpture and the golden crest at that his feet the finished labour lay she as a falcon cuts the aerial way swift from olympus snowy summit flies and bears the blazing present through the skies book